0: The reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, and I'll be reading verses one to nine. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moray at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, "'To your offspring, I will give this land.' So he built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev.
1: Thanks very much. I wonder if you can remember a couple of years ago the song, The UK Blessing. Uh, It was a collaboration of 65 churches and organisations that came together online to sing God's blessing uh, over the nation. Now the chorus goes like this. May his presence go before you and and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. you. He is with you. He is with you. At the time it had about 2 million views. I looked the other day, it's about 5 million now on YouTube. But a song like that might make us ask, how? How exactly does God bless anyone? Uh, How can someone get hold of his blessing? If we've got it, how can we keep hold of it? Um, As we spend uh, the next three uh, Tuesday lunchtimes together, I'd love us to share with you this little snapshot of this story um, of Abraham. We're going to look at chapter 12, chapter 15, chapter 22. Uh, It is, in many ways, the clear and obvious announcement of God's blessing, his plan... To bless the world so far in, in the book of Genesis, it's been prehistory Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah's Ark, the Tower of Babel. But from chapter halfway through chapter 11 onwards, uh, we leave prehistory behind, and the story of Abraham begins to bring together those big themes that those early chapters introduced things like creation, and sin, and judgment, and salvation and it starts to draw them all together and to begin to tell the story of redemption. So, from these events around 4,000 years ago, the story moves deliberately and unstoppably towards Jesus, the one in whom, according to the Christian faith, all true blessing is found. And it might be today that you know that personally yourself, it might be that you're not convinced about it, but you're thinking it through. But wherever we are in our own faith, let us just spend a few moments observing Abraham's experience of it. And uh, we're going to discover three simple lessons about God's blessing as we work through the story. The first thing is that God's blessing comes through God's call. This is verse 1. God's blessing comes through God's call. Um, Understanding context is important in all of life, isn't it? It'll be important for our new Prime Minister as she thinks about the international context and the um, national context. But understanding context is also vital when we read the Bible. And we don't have a Bible in front of us, but take my word for it. If you were to look down at Genesis 11, you'd see the first half of that chapter is all about the story of the Tower of Babel, and the second half is this long family tree. And uh, at Babel, God scatters the nations. He scatters them for their proud attempt to be like God. And then in that family tree, you just begin to see the signs of God's blessing as God brings structure instead of scattering, as he prepares the world to receive blessing. And it's going to come through a man called Terah, or not through him specifically, but through his family. Let me read Genesis 11:31. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. We don't know much about this man uh, Terah, but there's there a verse in Joshua that tells us that Uh, He didn't worship the God of the Bible. Maybe they worshipped the moon, as many people from the land of Ur did at that time. You can find that out in the British Museum. But whatever gods he lived for, Abraham grew up in a family that didn't worship the true God of the Bible. That is until the Lord called him. Verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household. To the land I will show you. It's always costly, isn't it, to leave the land of your birth. Maybe you've done that. Um, millions have done it in Ukraine, thousands seek to do it um, crossing the channel. But God's call, of Ab- God's call on Abraham to leave is even more costly than perhaps any of those. Not only must he say farewell to his family, not only must he build a new life in a new place which has a different culture to his. He doesn't even know where he's going. The Lord will show him the land he's going to get to, but he's gotta leave home first. See, there's a promise of blessing, but it's not immediate, it comes through God's call. And I think it works like that if we choose to follow Jesus too. Remember what Jesus said to his first disciples. Jesus saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a let into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Jesus said. They, they heard his call. They didn't know where they were going. And the pattern is the same for you and me if we want to receive God's blessing in our lives. The initiative starts with him. He says to us, come, follow me. We don't earn God's blessing. We don't work our way into his favour. He calls us first. Probably not audibly like he did for Abraham or the fisherman, but through his word nonetheless. Maybe today you can remember how God called you. Maybe it was a child. Uh, Your parents praying with you, reading the Bible with you. Maybe it was a student, a bit like me. Maybe it was an adult and a friend invited you to a church service or to read the Bible with you. To read the Bible with them. If you can remember that moment, maybe pause just now, as I speak, in the quietness of your own heart, and thank God for that. It didn't start with you or with any of us. God's blessing comes through His call. But what is the content of it? What does it mean? Second, God's blessing is good news for the world. This is verses 2 to 3. God's blessing is good news for the world. Verse 2. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So God is going to give to Abraham what the proud builders of Babel tried to get for themselves. He's going to give him a great nation with government. And territory, a great name with reputation and honour and prestige. But those blessings aren't just for him. He and his family are going to be the channel through which God's blessing will flow out to the world. And so it doesn't really come as a surprise, actually, when it, we get to Galatians chapter 3, and the Apostle Paul says that Abraham heard the gospel, the good news. Because God's blessing isn't so much economic prosperity or world peace or educational achievement or public health or a stable and favourable climate. Of course, he can bless us through all of those things. And we can do, and many of you do do, what we can to work towards them. But the big story of the Bible is that his blessing is that life-changing announcement of favour with God, relationship with God. People from every nation and tribe and tongue and language can know friendship with him. See, although at heart we are proud of babel builders god offers to restore us into relationship with himself as jesus said come follow me and i'll make you fishes people god told abraham to go and be a blessing and now jesus tells his disciples to go and be a blessing too that his blessing flows into our lives and then out of our lives to others so can i encourage you today if you are if you're here today you're following jesus to see yourself in that way not as a reservoir where the blessing just stays but there's a river where it flows out into others. In your work here in Parliament but in every part of life. God's blessing is good news for the world. But how do we hold on to it? How do we get get it if we want it? Finally, God's blessing is always received by faith. God's blessing is always received by faith. Verse 4 So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Um, it's a bit like we did uh, last month. So you get off the tunnel at Calais, and you put into your car satnav this strange-sounding French postcode, and you just go. You don't really know where you're going, But you trust that the person whose chalet you've hired for the holiday has not misled you. And um, nine hours and a cheap motorway hotel later, we arrived. Except when Abraham took God at his word, it wasn't for a two-week holiday, it was the beginning of the rest of his life. And all he had to go on was the promise. No photos, no trip advisor reviews, just God's word. Hebrews 11 puts it like this. But by faith, Abraham... When called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. You see, Abraham had to have faith. Not that kind of six impossible things before breakfast, Alice in Wonderland kind of faith. But faith that took God at his word and obeyed him. Verse 6. Abraham uh, travelled through the land as far as the great tree of Moray at Shechem. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Apparently if you were to get out your kind of um, map of ancient Israel, you would find Shechem right there, right in the centre. It's a crossroads, right at the centre. And through the story of the Old Testament, you'll discover many important events happening at the crossroads. But there's almost no more important event than this. It's the moment when God gets to Abraham at Shechem and says to him, This is it. This is the centre of the land that I was talking about. You were right to follow me. It won't be easy, the Canaanites are still there, but Abraham has faith, and so he builds something. Uh, not a, a city like Cain did in chapter 4, not a tower like the builders of Babel did in chapter 11, but an altar, a place of worship, an act of faith, just like he does later on in Verse 8 between Bethel and I, And each altar that he builds is a bit like a flag in the ground, a flag of faith, saying this land belongs to God before it belongs to me, and I trust his promise, however long it takes for me to get it. And in fact, his faith is even bigger than that. Again Hebrews 11. By faith he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. I wonder how you would assess your faith today. Maybe it is strong and committed. Maybe it is weak and wavering. Maybe you're just only beginning to grow into it or investigate it. We don't know how long the journey will be. We don't know where we'll stop along the way. But Abraham reminds us that every step of that journey belongs to God. Worship and obedience are always the way that faith demonstrates itself. So Abraham built his altars and in a similar way we need to kind of build altars, put flags in the ground of our lives and say this bit belongs to him, not me. My career or my possessions or my reputation or my health or my family or my friend or my prospects. It's all a little tent that I'm going to shelter under for a while until I get to that city with foundations, that place in heaven that God has prepared for me. So that song, UK Blessing, was sun, wasn't it? The of that first uh, lockdown. And it was very obvious that we needed God's blessing as a nation at the time. I guess that's why I got two million hits. But um, there's nothing new under the sun, and isn't it true that we need God's blessing today as well? Uh, it's not just our new Prime Minister, who has an in-tray full of challenges. We all do, in our work life, in our family life, in our own lives. And so does the world. Where do we go to get God's blessing? How can we experience it? How can we hold on to it? Abraham points us to the answers, and they come most clearly through the Lord Jesus Christ. God's blessing comes through God's call. It's good news for the world. It's received and held on by faith. So may we know that blessing today, and may God help us to trust in him. I wonder if I can invite you to bow your heads and maybe just give you a moment of silence to pray for yourself or for someone you love. Our Father thank you that you invite us into this adventure, this journey of faith and that we can take you at your word. And we pray that you'd help us to hear that call, to know and to enjoy that good news, and to go on trusting you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.